News Hounds from Queen City Nerve is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. And welcome to episode 47 of Queen City Nerve's News Hounds podcast. We are back after a short break. And as usual, I have my co-host and Queen City Nerve publisher, I almost said producer, Justin LaFrancois. Tony calls me a producer all the time. <laughs> Every time he introduced me to somebody, I'm like, Tony, it's been three years. You know what the fucking word is. <laughs> I meant to mention earlier that we got called Queen City Nerves on social media today or By yesterday. Who? Kenny. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> Ugh. Uh, Justin, he, Justin just loves it when people say our, our business name wrong. I like Q-City Nerve. We'll have to talk about that. I get mine wrong. Right. People make, I'll give you all the combos they say. So today we have Pixels and Potions founder. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Damn it, we have Potions and Pixels founder, <laughs> Michael Zitkoff, a man of many trades. But most of what we'll be talking today is your work with Potions and Pixels. What's going on, Michael? Dude, it's so great to be here. Absolutely, yeah, man. For sure. Super uh, excited to talk with you guys. It's been one of those things where it's always like, man, I could always, you know, something doesn't work out. I could always call Michael, but now it's like a, a, we have a lot that we can actually For talk sure. about that's timely and relevant. So I'm really glad to have you on here. For sure. Most recently, if anybody hasn't read it yet, it'll be linked into the, the article that we publish about this. Uh, wrote about no CLT hashtag. Is, does that come with a hashtag? Like uh, on its own, it's just no CLT. Okay. It's one word. But okay. yeah, because I know their home CLT had yep, been a hashtag right. branded. Anyway, no CLT being an app that you had just helped develop for Levine Museum. I wrote about in uh, one of our recent issues. And that it's a walking tour through the old neighborhood of Brooklyn in Fourth Second Ward. Second Ward. Um, yeah. And tell me just a rundown of what that looks like, and then we'll start it go backwards. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, just released this month actually still. So it's, it's crazy. It feels like an eternity does, in a yeah. short time. And but uh, yeah, No CLT is a new app that Potions and Pixels developed for the Levine Museum of the New South. The whole focus of the app is to delve into the history of Brooklyn, which was once the largest black neighborhood in the Carolinas and unfortunately was decimated through the process of urban renewal that more people are becoming aware of in our community. And I think across the country, because the process is pretty familiar in every major city. And the app, uh, you know, the cool thing about it is allows you to explore the city. Um, it has GPS, it has poetry, audio. And I think like the the cherry on top of it all, like the big part of the experience that you got to see and write about was the augmented reality piece, right. which we're super proud about. And that is just, it's an amazing piece of, some just amazing app where you can stand in a certain part. I think there's seven different spots right. in, in Uptown where you can stand and point your camera at a specific spot in the old neighborhood of Brooklyn and see what it used to look like. There's at least one with a bunch of people standing there yeah. posing for a photo. A lot of them are buildings. You can see literally it melds together as far as you can see present day cars still parked on the outskirts and then it just sort of goes in with the old time whatever was there back in the day yeah for anybody who couldn't see it could you do the you <laughs> I was do doing spirit fingers the magic effect I was doing spirit fingers to uh, symbolize melding together yeah. the aspects but uh, I think it's the best description honestly because yeah. it's like it's pretty wild I mean it definitely you can do it at home so if you're listening and just you know you can't get out there you can definitely just do it on your own but you don't experience the AR effect and having that AR effect is just Super, yeah, I can hear that. And what you're hearing now is Justin <laughs> downloading it. Yeah, the AR effect is really special. And, you know, to me, the cool part about this is that you're you're out where the history was made. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, you know, we talked about this in the article, like when you're standing near the NASCAR Hall of Fame, 
that at one point was the the first black library mm-hmm. in Charlotte. And so just seeing that and reconnecting with our community. And oftentimes people think about Charlotte being such a new city so that they don't appreciate the fact that we have a deep history. Right. Uh, but I think also people are now more and more appreciating the fact that we've wiped out so much of our history and hopefully through apps like this that we can bring that history alive and celebrate those stories. Right. And it's it's one of those things where you had said, and I thought this was one of the most one of the more insightful quotes because it is the mission. But you had said, you know, you walk through that area now and you can't not think about it. For sure. And I think that's a big thing around doing doing education, doing museum education specifically in a digital age where it really sticks with someone. Yeah. Uh, you know, kids these days, uh, even younger, not even kids, people are digital. People are, people are visual learners and want that thing. Yeah. They can stick with their mind. And that just seems like such an effective way of doing it. For sure. Yeah. I can tell you something real quick, mm-hmm. a little, I guess a little exclusive. I got a couple exclusives okay. I can drop for Let's you guys today, but one of them was, so about a month and a half ago, we ran a camp um, for youth in the North End and West End community. Mm-hmm. The city's currently in the process of building this urban arboretum trail okay. that kind of links together several neighborhoods that were disrupted by 277 and, and 77. You know, a lot of historically black neighborhoods that at one point it was walkable and you could right. walk from, you know, Johnson C. Smith to Music Factory, right? Mm. And it's just, you can't right now. And so that's part of an effort on the city's part to kind of bridge these communities back together and add art, history, do some really cool environmental stuff. And so we created this camp, Potions and Pixels, Gokata and the city of Charlotte to bring youth from the West and the North together to better understand augmented reality because that was the big focus better understand technology then also figure out what they would want to see if we made an app about that trail Mm -hmm. and so i just got the word today that we're going to be proceeding with that app which i'm super excited about and the thing i can share with you guys like the the idea which it may change Mm -hmm. you know right but the idea is that we're going to start with pinewood elmwood cemetery uptown okay um and you know that a lot of people might know that is the most popular pokemon go stop okay (laughs) i was about to say like i'm picturing people you point your phone and people start coming up out of their grave. Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, that's not what you're. There's, do. you know, it's interesting because there's some wild, there's some wild stories there for sure. Mm-hmm. I can tell a lot of those, and I should say this idea for the app came from the kids themselves mm-hmm. directly. So I, as much as I'd love to be like, yeah, we we created this on the mm-hmm. ground up. This idea is they brought up, uh, and a and a big part of it was that cemetery at one point. The reason it's called Pinewood and Elmwood Cemetery is, you guys know, it was segregated. Mm. And one thing I didn't know, even as somebody who appreciates history, used to teach African-American history, like, you know, is in an interracial family, the stuff living in Charlotte, you get this stuff. Mm. But one thing I didn't know is when I was there, I saw a huge you know, tracks of empty field and you're just like, oh, well, they got expansion room. No, there's people buried in every pot part of that field. It's just black people, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that couldn't afford or were just denied the opportunity to have proper burial. Right. And so what we're trying to do with this app and we're going to be expanding on it, but the whole idea will be to do like digital augmented reality headstones, potentially tell people stories as best as possible and try to, you know, bring some justice to the story. Nice. That sounds um, like a lot of work. Yeah. That's yeah. What, yeah. We like the challenge it's that's what i want to talk about because yeah. even this no clt app you know it's only seven spots but i it blows my mind justin's better than me it, it has a better grasp on coding but this is like a different level of coding when you're making shit like that like it's just where do you start to I, make an app like that. You know what? I'm like so flattered on social media. Everybody's like, man, Michael, you know, like you can do all this stuff. And I'm like, man, no, I got a team, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a squad. Like right. it really takes a squad. We mm-hmm. got a, about four or five of us that like really work on the, the app side of things. And honestly, like the team 
genius programmer, genius artist. Like we got the, the business design side down packed. So um, I will say though, yeah, we pulled that whole thing together in three months. That's what I was going to say. Which, do you do you ever feel overwhelmed? I mean, for sure, dude. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Mm -hmm. Especially because we're doing these back to back. You know what I mean? I, right. I have the natural personality where I stop too much and just think to myself, man, am I, am I doing enough? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I get down on myself sometimes for that. Then I think in this last year, you know, this we did this board game for the city and a digital version of that. We did a whole program with Lowe's, the camp, No CLT, Trash, Trash Dash. Dash. We just, right. you know, that was just like a month and a half or a month before mm -hmm. we released No CLT. I want to talk about all of those. Yeah. But do you, this one, I think you mentioned a second ago, is this partnership with the city as well? The one, the one I'm talking the about, new, the cemetery? The new, yeah. Yeah, trail. that'll be. Gotcha. Yeah, with the sustainability and mm -hmm. resiliency office. Gotcha. Yeah. Historic. Go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah. You're good. No, you're not going to like it. What? <laughs> Speaking of Trash Dash... I don't know if you guys have heard of this show called Grey's Anatomy, oh but <laughs> I saw an episode last night where this guy got stuck in a in a working garbage truck and his femur broke and got like lodged into his clavicle and they died in surgery. And I hope this game is anything like that. <laughs> On that same note, I guarantee you it's not. There was a time, this is literally like a month ago, Justin and I were delivering papers in the fourth ward. Yeah. You sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> right by Alex Mike's and... Do we get stuck behind a trash can, trash <laughs> a truck, dump, uh, yeah, dump a truck. garbage truck? And yeah. they're doing their thing and they're going down. There's like 20 trash cans that they have to hit. I'm like, bro, you got to get your way around this. It's, and he was like, no, this is about to be awesome. <laughs> and we get about three cans in where they're just throwing them in. And I was like, Justin, it's not awesome. <laughs> it's so like, right, cool. They were, they were doing it so fast. And the thing kept coming down. It was crushing the fuck out of anything yeah. that went in there. Cool. <laughs> and where they we're are. recording right now is on it's the street right. of Solid Waste. Yeah, like yep, all exactly. Of the stuff is oh, right yeah. There. Sometimes yeah. they need to pick up their feet when they're crossing the street. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They run this shit. <laughs> they feel like, we've been here a long time. You guys are all gentrifying this neighborhood. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. <laughs> so, like, all right. So, let's rewind here. Because I, you're one of yeah. the first people I met in my journalism career. Yeah. Beginning with Occupy Charlotte. I was... I was profiling for a student newspaper, Rhiannon Fionn, who was covering Occupy Charlotte. And through that third party, I became familiar with your work on the activist side and continued to cover activism as I got on with creative loafing after that and blah, blah, blah. So tell me a little bit about your progression, because it's you've done so many different things. I'm sure you could talk about it for hours, but just sort of a, a beginner's course of like how you got from one place to the other yeah. of... Being this activist, especially environmentalism, is something you focused on a lot with Greenpeace and things, and then ran for city council, and then sort of started doing pushing pixels, which all started as a as a as a fun, yeah, at the bar playing with old video games and stuff. How did you go from one thing to the other? Was it just sort of chasing? Was this ever a vision? <laughs> Dude, it's really wild to talk to you of all people about this, right. honestly, because you've seen it like right. so yeah. much, and you've seen all the different work. And what's wild is. Like even the way you're describing this, you know, people are listening and we're like, you guys were just talking about games and now you're talking about this or right. that. Like, it's just to me, it's like, you've seen that in a way to where, you know, how you go through life and you have different friend groups and different people that you see in different places. But it is surreal to hear you talk about it. Cause it's like, yeah, you've seen all I've those seen things all and you it. see the and connections. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is, I, I appreciate. And it's, yeah, to me, Potions and Pixels is like a combination of my like two favorite things, like bringing the community together through games, the love of, you know, games are like the love of my life, and but also activism. It's something that I feel like really strong calling toward. And 
yeah, right out, right out of college, I spent some years teaching and then, you know, I was, I feel like I was always like active, but like with Occupy, like that's the kind of the movement that brought a lot of people out, Mm -hmm. you know, shout out to all the the Occupy folks out there. I mean, I feel like in many ways it brought a lot of people, every movement is built on the backs of other movements, Mm -hmm. but it was, it seemed like a really cool continuation of that. But um, I remember the, the March on Wall Street South, which was right after sort of Occupy, you can say dwindled down and was sort of kicked out, forced out because of DNC was coming. But the March on Wall Street South was yep. an amazing time. For sure. During the DNC when it was just a huge amount of people marching. Huge amount of people. Yeah. Yeah. That was humongous. Like mm-hmm. to be a part of that in 2012. And it was just, you know, it was just a surreal time. Like I really, I really learned so much during that, that, that whole decade, to be honest, and appreciate a lot of it. I mean, it opened my eyes to a lot of things, good and bad, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You know, there's some things like being that deeply thrust into the world of activism in a city like ours, where I feel like you can make such an impact, mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it affects you in unique ways. And mm-hmm. so I, I really loved it. And as you said, like getting heavily involved at the city level, like doing kind of the, all the different routes, you know, trying right. to affect change from the outside on the streets. You know, I've, I've been, my, I've had my share of protests, arrests Absolutely, and things yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm, you know, I'm very. Be careful now. Oh, oh yeah. we passed HB 805. 805. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, yeah, you've been following you guys yeah. all your stuff <laughs> as well. It's, been, it's a different look lately than yeah, it yeah. was uh, in 2012. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah, like a lot of things have changed in that way. But yeah, this has been like a cool opportunity for me to kind of connect a lot of these things together and be able to affect change and, and utilize our whole mission is to utilize games for social impact. And I think we you know, I think we do a really good job at that and are really unique, you know, and it's really cool because, you know, when I first started talking about this idea, people were like when you say, was it like a long term vision? In many ways, it was like I always wanted Potions and Pixels to be like a nonprofit that had its hands in so many different areas, you know, mm. but part of it was just not when you talk about stuff like this like all these ideas you know now it seems like all natural but like talking about some of those ideas early on people are you know how it is like right. people are like games social you're impact. gonna make a game for solid waste services michael exactly 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 set up at pictures and have another party that's right yeah honestly like and so you know you could kind of recognize folks in the community that like understood it mm-hmm. and then like honestly thankfully like I, I gotta give a shout out to like it's funny you mentioned occupy and all the corporate stuff but i gotta give a shout out to like some people in some big corporations that like mm-hmm. hook, hooked me up along the way too like honestly like working with lowe's for example like lowe's is sponsored like multiple projects of ours and like the community relations team there is like incredible right honestly and like so when you're working with like different people in the community that like recognize your vision want to help out in some way and help you achieve that vision and help out the community it's it's awesome so Mm -hmm. wasn't it you that did that uh workforce development program with that that wasn't with Lozo. that was with duke right uh that was so we worked with abari habitat for humanity the city government and several other Several Duke other you, that was their building, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So, like DPR Construction, big uh, shout out to DPR was, Construction for also being a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you guys want? Can I drop one more exclusive? Well, yeah, man. All right. It. So the other thing I haven't announced this yet at all, but with with talking about Lowe's and talking about arcade stuff, is Lowe's is going to fully sponsor a program we're doing to build a series of indie arcade machines. Oh. Okay. And so we're building these machines from the ground up, like straight from scratch, using Lowe's the materials cabinets and everything. Cabinets, everything. And then we're going to work with local artists to do the nice. just. And I'm talking wild, like avant-garde designs, not your traditional. Just like yeah. you know, we want to do some traditional stuff too, but some really crazy out of this world stuff. And then just fill them with arcade machines because you remember right Mm. at the events like for me at Petra's and like all the events we did shout out to Petra's was 
the indie games were always like by far my favorite thing, but still my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I love all. Yeah, Michael games, has but... a, a huge passion for these games, which a lot of people if they're not into that sort of thing will just watch and be like, okay, yeah. this looks like something from thirty <laughs> years ago. Yeah, but it's something that somebody developed themselves and is like, and a lot of them were like that super... guy Alex. Yeah, that's yeah. his name. He did that. that we... uh, what was that game? Shit, what was it? Because it was at you were able to play it at the Abari University. Oh yeah, you guys are yeah. talking about uh, with with the, the team at CPCC. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Ulysses that, and all those other guys yeah, yeah. that helped with that. Yeah, for Damn, sure. We follow the gaming culture pretty closely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean seriously, no, you guys know your stuff on this. Because seriously, like, yeah, it's like you know, there's a scene, there is a, a need and a want for that. And also, I think it's unique in the sense that people are a bit overwhelmed with like all the, the mainstream games. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, but there's so many more games out there mm-hmm. that are really like different, mm-hmm. you know? No, I just, I've never seen, you were like a kid in a candy shop. Like I've never seen you glow that way as yeah. like the first couple of Petra's uh, parties that, uh, the Potions of Pixels parties, where you would just be like, hey man, have you played this one? Yeah. And in this one, I just remember there was one, and I don't think it was locally made or anything, but it was one of, um, there were like Narwhals. Narwhals, I was about to say, yes. it's called Starwall. I knew you were going to say I that, dude. I got on that one. <laughs> and you came over and said it makes me like, you love it, don't you? You love it. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you love it. And it was just like, those parties were fun as hell. Dude, man, do you remember yeah. when you were, when you brought up Greenpeace earlier? Yeah. You should develop a game where you... You know those three whales that got stuck in Alaska a long time ago? I just watched a movie about it with Drew Barrymore. I hate her. I don't like her at all. And then Jim from The Office. Love that guy. And they had to... They had to they had to cut out all the holes in the ice to get them through this ice wall, and the Russians came in and and plowed through it. You should just make a game where you got to dig all the holes and get the whales. Oh, wow. Dude, this does that sound wild. What is it? What is this movie? Right? I'll, look it up. A, I'll look it up for an indie game. I got to hit up my. It's great. It's context. based off a completely true story. It's like an independent reporter who accidentally stumbled upon these three whales that were stuck under this super thick sheet of ice and they couldn't get out into the ocean to migrate south into warmer water and obviously whales have to come up and breathe but the ice was so thick that they couldn't and then there was just this huge ice wall that went down so far and was so thick that they couldn't break through it and huh. I'm, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. Great <laughs> yeah. movie. Totally real. Speaking of Greenpeace, were you the one the the closest I ever got to being arrested? Were you behind this this might have been after your time a little bit, the time of stopping that train pulling into Marshall Steam State I, or whichever one in Marsville. Yeah, I knew I knew the people involved, okay, but yeah, I, okay. I wasn't. I think there's a statute of limitations in case you were there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I just remember Grant and I climbed through so many just deep woods to try to find that. Yeah. It's called Big Miracle. Okay. Big Miracle. Check that out. And Jim from The Office, isn't it? Well, John oh, Krasinski. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was him. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super good. He's a reporter, which is why I watched it. I watch anything that has to do with reporters. But then, yeah, the whole country and the world was just up there trying to help out. And these these two guys from Minnesota had these like de-icers that they made yeah. for like <laughs> keeping your boats like in Minnesota, keep the ice off them. And they went up there and used them. And yeah, it was a good movie. Good movie. Check that out. One Fine Day. Yeah. That's the best journalist movie. One Fine Day. Mm-hmm. Not familiar, but I'll put it on my list. It's a rom-com with George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer, but he is a journalist oh, in it. I think I remember that. <laughs> yeah. No, but Grant and I that day at Green Pe- or at the train tracks went for like an hour climbing through these crazy thorns and woods 
try to find where Greenpeace was stopping this train yeah. or leaving with coal or, or coming in with coal. And we got there and we actually saw them and stuff. We were taking pictures. And then the, the Norfolk Southern Special Agents, as they call themselves, yeah. because it's federal. It's all federal, that yeah. train tracks. And they like take themselves super serious. We're like, well, I hope you guys enjoyed your trip in. You're all bleeding from your thorns and stuff, but we're going to arrest you. Yeah, and they were and we are, yeah, yeah, they were like yeah. old school agent guys. And we were just like, we... And then Grant had to like prove that he deleted all of his photos and they just drove us back to where we parked. Oh, God. Yeah. It was some bullshit. Has just jumped. Oh, they were talking about arresting you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about the activists. They definitely oh, arrested wow. the activists. For sure. Yeah. yeah. They stood on stilts where the train was coming in, which I thought the was really cops? cool. No, the, the agents. Activists. That's how they stopped the train. <laughs> but uh I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stories, honestly, in Charlotte. Like a lot of cool stuff. Like anytime people don't think, I mean, you guys cover that stuff especially yeah. well, but it's just like I just don't ever yeah. get those calls anymore where people do some of the extinction rebellion rebellion people that we talked to on this podcast recently are doing a little bit more of that. But like yeah. you guys used to have some showmanship in, yeah. into your activism. You oh, and Monica yeah. Embry and yeah. folks like that. Hannah, yeah, all um, the folks. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, we did some cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. It's like funny talking about this stuff too because it's like now on the nonprofit like side and like oh, right. in the corporate side of things. <laughs> I'm not going to get you in trouble. No, no, it's all cool. Like yeah. I keep it real 24-7, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I mean like on that camp we worked with Duke Energy folks and right, yeah, <laughs> just a few years talk, ago. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was like. Michael and Duke Energy. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy to think about. Coal ash cleanup camp. Right? Yeah. Partner with Duke. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild um, stuff. Do you feel... Well, let's talk a little bit more about this since you since you came here to break the news. As far as this arcade... So you're making indie... You're making indie-developed games into arcade-style cabinet. Where do they going to have a home? Is it a partnership with Abari? Or what? How's that yeah, going to look? Yeah, so we're, we're going to house them on our own. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I guess you know, a lot of people don't know this, but we were actually planning on opening our own space last summer, mm -hmm. and we had it pretty much all pretty much all ready to go. And oh, then, I didn't know thankfully, because I knew that that was the plan. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like, man, when COVID hit, it was like hard because like I left my job at the end of 2019. This is a long way to answer your question, yeah, <laughs> but, man. We have time. Yeah, but I left my job in December of 2019. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't happy there. I was mm -hmm. part of a wave of like 75 percent of our staff left, and just I knew potions and pixels was was going well, but I knew it like I needed to dedicate my time to it. You know what I mean? And I had a lot of events set up and I thought I could do it. And my wife is like totally ride or die and super supportive. And so I was like, she was like, yeah, go for it. Shout out to Desiree. Yeah, shout out to Desiree for sure. And so I left in December, 2019 and then was like super excited about 2020. And then the first day of 2020, like I was especially excited because I was on my way to DC to go to MAGFest, which if anybody hasn't been out to MAGFest, best gaming convention ever, for sure. And because I'm part of another indie game studio developing a game called Laser Girl. And I was on Cloud9, our game got selected to be shown there. And I went to our storage units. If folks have been to Potions and Pixels before. We have a ton of equipment, right. like a massive amount, like mm -hmm. to support a few hundred people at a time. And like, little did I know when I was going to get there, all of our stuff all of our TVs were stolen with the exception of like one 32 inch, Golly. a ton of stuff was stolen. And so it's just like, damn, that was like, and I didn't share that with folks actually. Cause I didn't know how, you know, I didn't know. And then uh, I still Usually went to, I would have had a GoFundMe going by the time I left that store. It's just, like, <laughs> you know, so many people Stripper. told me to do that and I just, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't no, know. I feel you. I, yeah. It's tough. I've only done one and it was recently and it was a drastic enough situation where I needed to, but I hate yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel like the community would have come out because I feel like there's a yeah. really solid community that we've developed over years. And to make matters worse, like two days later, I got the call in DC that are, cause we have multiple storage units that the same 
same place. It got thought, broken yeah. into again. Jeez. And I was like, what the hell? Is there anything hell? even still in there? So it's funny because like here I am like trying not to cry in the corner, like waiting for like the cops and the like CSI team. And like the CSI guy comes in and he has like his dust finger, you know, fingerprinting mm -hmm. kit. And he's like super excited. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what's going on? He's like, dude, it looks like they touch these board games. These are like the perfect surface to capture. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I'm just like sitting there I'm like, great, man. Listen, that's, that's awesome. That's foundation for a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right Seriously. So uh, the thieves did not steal any board games mm. there still is fingerprint dust on some of those games <laughs> but yeah it took me a few months to kind of rebuild and as soon as i started rebuilding was marked like literally literally like the week i was feeling good about things is when COVID hit and i was mm. like shit mm. i have two children a wife and like i just like went through a few months trying to figure this stuff out what the hell am i gonna do mm. like that's a moment like i will never forget in life like right. when your back is to the wall and you really have to figure things out in a so major is, way. Is that where the sort of focus on apps and sort of stuff like that came in? Yeah. Play? Yeah. Which is in, in this game that, you know, I'm, I'm oh, hold, right. holding this Charlotte Future City Building game. Uh, you know, shout out to the planning team, too, because it was just like it was really great timing, mm -hmm. you know. Where I, did that idea come from? A lot of it is actually... For those who don't know, it is a board game that you can play. I've been to a couple of events where a bunch of people play it, but you can also play at home. And you're helping to develop the city and plan ahead for the like a comprehensive plan. Yeah. And then you give your actual results of the game in as feedback that gets taken into consideration for the comprehensive. Yeah, and this is slightly different because there's actually been two games. So that there was oh, one okay. that consultants made. This one we kind of made in response to be a bit more digestible and fun. Gotcha. And so that was kind of the approach, but yeah, exactly that. Like, it's like, if you, if I'm sure a lot of people in Charlotte have, have heard about the 2040 plan, mm -hmm. but like, this is kind of a great, great way to get their feet wet and start understanding the basics. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this was like really perfect timing. A lot of it actually has to do with just like relationships over years, you know? I mean, you know, mm -hmm. like when you're talking about just interacting with people over the years, you, you just never know. Like a lot of, a lot of folks from the city, like just come to Potions and Pixels, just to hang out, you right. know what I mean? We all get to know each other and people are looking for innovative ways to do community engagement. And you and I talked about this when you were doing the story on no CLT, like to me, a huge part of this is like addressing the empathy gap. Like I really believe this so strongly because some people when they hear games, they think it's almost like a fad in turn, or, or you know what I mean? Or maybe not a fad, but like a gimmick. Right. Gimmick's a better With word. Like childish. Yeah. Hobby. Yeah. And for me, it's like, no, this is a way for people in the community to better understand the challenges others face. Right. It's one thing because government is all about recognizing that we have an unlimited amount of wants and needs in the community, but a limited amount of resources to satisfy those. And if you have a game where you can address those things, where people have to be in the shoes of decision makers or in the shoes of other residents, then you realize, you know what? It's not that easy. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, I, I agree. I went to um, one of your events at Baby's Ford Road and played with a bunch of people. And it's yeah. just like. You really do have to do, you have to make sacrifices and decide like, oh, this thing is important yeah. and I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. They're going to kill me in the press. For no, that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's important because like there's, there's multiple ways and, you know, I'm hoping everybody like learns about these things in well-grounded right ways. Certainly they, you know, they should be reading QC, right. yeah, they should be watching documentaries, listening to news and whatnot. But by playing, sometimes I feel like that puts you in a position where you kind of lose the luxury to kind of almost like give flippant mm -hmm. advice. You guys experience this all the time, oh, even absolutely. on this podcast. It's yeah. easy for the public to be like, why is the government doing this? Or why are mm -hmm. people doing that? But usually there is some sort of reason or there's something that we need to better understand. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying that to like 
let people off the hook. We right. still got to hold their feet to the fire, right? But at the same time, like we should have a little bit more empathy towards right. people in the process. Well, and generally the government does all of their decision-making based off of uh, input that they receive from their constituents. So yeah. it's not necessarily them. It's the people around you that are influencing those decisions sure. as well. Right. And that was the maddening thing about following and covering that whole comp plan debate. Yeah. What are they planning was, for 2040? Some kind of big event or something? <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> no one knows what it's going to look like. But everybody would just be like, there's not enough feedback. You're not listening to the community. And it's like, we keep telling you how many times, how many events over three years that we held to do this in every different way that could have yes. been done. But if people don't like the actual results, then they're just going to continue to That's say, well, that's unfortunately exactly it. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick little break, come back, and I want to talk, before before I forget to ask, though, is there a Potions of Pixels website where if you're interested in the board game or the trash dash or everything, you can check all this stuff out? Yeah, for sure. Potionsandpixels.com and Potions and Pixels on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can see most of our stuff on there. We update regularly on social media. That's helpful because I, I keep wanting to be like, all right, where can people find this game? Yeah, yeah. Where can people find Trash Dash? Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, all right, well, we'll be right back and, and talk a little bit more about this and some of the more... I want to talk about that that bill 805 just has been working on it all week it's plenty familiar okay. but <laughs> we'll be right back after this break At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse because online scheduling saves me time. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked. Plus, the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at BlumenthalArts.org slash BPA Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care doesn't have to wait because after hours, urgent care knows accidents happen. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. And welcome back to episode 47 of Newshounds Podcast. What? It just. Hey guys, it's been 15 seconds. Welcome back to us talking. <laughs> Man, that was such a great ad. I loved that ad. In case you forgot where you were. Yeah. I got to say something, man. <laughs> so now talking about, I just said we we're going to talk about Trash Dash, but I also want to talk about this. As far as those potions and pixels, the way you were yeah. talking to me about when we talked about no CLT, you're like, you know, everything we do now is nonprofit. It's all about this. Sure. Make, you know, building empathy through video games or, or making people more civically aware of this and that. The way you said that, Kind of bummed me out because I felt like it leaves no future for a Potions of Pixels party at Petros. And you know what? <laughs> I'm getting a lot of that. People asking about that. Yeah. I can tell you guys. Yeah. Let me put that that rumor or thought or whatever it is up in the community totally to rest. Like we will absolutely, like we are working actively to have our own location. Oh, so you're still going for that oh, whole brick and mortar? Oh, for sure. Nice. And awesome. we honestly, 
like were, I'm so glad that this crazy path that we took somehow. And, you know, even like I said, having our back against the wall and figuring things out, like I really feel like it's worked out in a big way where now we have so much more community support as well and resources to be able to pull that off. So I think the end result with that brick and mortar is going to be honestly mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? I got one more exclusive Let's for you do guys. It. I got one more exclusive. So this where is, is it? It's a little bit bittersweet because we were actually we're going to be pushing this into 2020. Tw- sorry, 2022. But we actually were offered space by a really awesome big company in the area to host our own convention. And okay. so I was really excited. I was you know the plan was to announce something in September for like mm-hmm. some a November date. But um, you know we're looking. We're looking into the future, but mm-hmm. there will be a Potions and Pixels Con nice. at some point. And then definitely, for sure, we will be having the events that everybody, you know, that that, that brought everybody out in the community. You right. know, that brought everybody in the gaming community, others, and just made people, you know, it was a safe environment for people to just enjoy and have a good right. time and learn about new games and just geek out. Those Potions and Pixels parties are the first place where I learned about that Rocket League game. That, yeah, I the mean, fucking soccer one. Yeah, play. <laughs> I remember you playing that a lot. I downloaded it on my PlayStation. We yeah, we'll play a late night tip sometimes, but that yeah, fun. yeah. Um, the focus was like a lo- local multiplayer games, right. li- really like stuff that brings people together, either yeah, super cooperative be, or competitive. Yeah, you'll be yeah. walking through a whole hallway of those indie games. Yeah. that are you know super like two D or just yeah, yeah, very basic and and easy to learn. And then you walk out in the main room, and there's like fifteen people huddled around Smash. Smash Brothers yeah. and like the huge big screen. That um, makes me like it really not to makes mention me mention the VR. Like that was yeah. some of the places where I've oh, seen I got a lot of good VR stories about people drinking in VR. Yeah. But it was great, man. Like, and even uh, you know, I was at Queen City Anime Convention this past weekend, and I can't tell you how many people stopped me to ask me about like future events or just to stop and say like how much it meant to them. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people are reflecting during COVID time right. and just saying how much. And you know, we ran digital events as well, but yeah, in person, there's something special about that. And it's we'll crazy they recognize that. you dressed up as Dragon Ball Z, or <laughs> <laughs> something. <laughs> Cosplay. I'm always shocked that people can even recognize each other, even with like the masks on. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? For good and bad. Right. Sometimes I just want to like blend in. Oh, I kind of dig it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I can make it through this rhino market without that yeah, person. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So then just recently, like real recent, almost around the same time as No CLT yeah. is when you release Trash Dash. Yeah. Right? Tell me about that, what it is, first of all, because we keep referencing it. Yeah, so Trash Dash CLT is a game that Potions and Pixels created for Solid Waste Services. So it's a game that helps people better understand the operations of, of you know, how we collect trash in our in our community. And it's it's a really fun game. Uh, honestly, like I recommend it's free. All the stuff we're doing, you know, out there is free. So you can totally download it on Android or iOS. It's one of those games that you can play like in short bursts, just mm-hmm. in a couple minutes. And, and it really kind of, tries to capture in a simple way that appeals to all kind of age ranges, mm. like those challenges, Right. you know, like that you have to keep, you have to take your trucks after you collect the trash, that's not it. You got to take them to the landfill. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure they're not breaking. You got to make sure that the city, as it's growing, that you're keeping up with the amount of trash. You got to mm-hmm. adapt, you know, like when you guys play, you guys might have different configurations. One of you guys might want larger trucks. The other might want faster trucks. And so like by letting more players, trucks. More, trucks. That, more trucks. And like when you, yeah, when you experience it, I think, you know, I'm really proud about the fact that like, I think we're sitting on perfect five-star rating on both storefronts. And like a lot of those reviews, if you look at them, They'll say, like, I didn't realize how much work mm-hmm. solid waste does. Right. And that's the point. That's the point. Yeah. yeah. And that's why we kind of honestly probably made it a little like intentionally hard. Like right. people are like, man, it's kind of a hard game, but it's like. <laughs> oh, so you're just, you're just spreading your agenda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the big trash. Tip your trash, man. We know <laughs> yeah. all about spreading agendas. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, so 
And just in terms of, I'm bouncing all around here, yeah, but yeah. no CLT, you know, came out around the same time and it, and it feels like you really built on it. And this is like a more almost, obviously with AR, that's going to be interactive. That is the meaning of interactive. Even beyond that, just with the, the music and the sounds and it puts a vibe to it. You have Hannah Hassan. Yeah, who has she did lent her voice so great. And in, in stories and poetry to it. I mean, how important was that to you when making no CLT? It really seems like more of an experience around the entire app as opposed to you know, trash, de- trash, deal, de- trash dash is more based on the game <laughs> yeah. gaming aspect. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's also like the subject matter. There's a kind of um, there's like it's a serious. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Is there people who are still alive and who yeah. live in this neighborhood and called it home and were pushed out? Exactly. I mean, just to, just to reinforce that piece. I mean, like for those who go out into Second Ward and, and see the seven sites you were talking about, like the we teamed up with the Department of Transportation to get f- the footprints and signage there. So it's really nice stuff. And, and while we in the museum were doing that, like one of the workers there who was, you know, these guys were awesome. It's like huge shout out to CDOT. He, when they were putting the signs out, he was talking about how his mom lived in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me stories about that. And he was also telling me, you know, that sometimes she doesn't want to talk about it because it like brings her to tears. And that was like a really real moment to where this was kind of a full, full circle thing for him that he appreciated. And so a lot of Charlotte, there's a lot of history connected to it. I mean, even if you think about all the families that were pushed out of Brooklyn, a lot of them went into West Charlotte, went into the Beatty's Ford Corridor, went into a lot of those areas. And so, yeah, it's like a somber kind of, like we wanted to do justice to the story. Like, I mean, shout out to the super professional team at Levine Museum of the New South. Honestly, like they, they the, the, the media that they collected, the stories that they pieced together, a lot of like incredible work went into it. And we do have elements, I would say, that are kind of gamified. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you, you referenced that. In well, the no, and you piece. were reluctant to use gamified in it, but it's it's not even a game in the sense of trash dash. Yeah. It's more of a rewards program that is aimed at helping black-owned businesses. Yeah, exactly. Well. And so, yeah, to, to clarify that, it's like I definitely believe games are – a high art form. So it's not like a reluctance, like oftentimes games are associated with like just pure kind of fun, fun you know? Yeah. But I feel like games, especially generationally, like I would never ask you guys, hey, do you listen to music? No, you listen to music. I would ask you <laughs> what music you listen to. And right now we have the same thing with games where this upcoming generation, especially nobody asks, do you play games? Like mm-hmm. people all play games. Right. And so I think people are realizing how serious games can be too. And I'm not trying to be pretentious with it or anything, but it's like, I think games are, I think a high end art form, not just an art form looking for it. I think like one of the highest because of how it combines so many things. But the only reason I hesitate to use the word gamified is because of how other people's other people perceive it Mm -hmm. because it's not like, you know, we still use the word game. This isn't a game. Right. Right. And in this case, like you said, we wouldn't go up to someone who is fighting to keep the legacy of Brooklyn Live and say, do you play that Brooklyn game? Exactly. So it's like a different, like, yeah, maybe that's some terminology we'll have to adjust as a society as things move forward. But what, what, yeah, the part you're referencing is like an achievement system Mm -hmm. to where, um, as you said, as you interact with the app, you leave a comment, you like a comment, you share, you visit AR sites, you do anything really in the app, you earn achievements. And every single one of those achievements is to a local black owned business. Mm -hmm. So huge shout out uh, to the Black Business Owners Corporation and so many other uh, local businesses that teamed up with us on that. And it's kind of like a Groupon, you earn the reward, you go to that business, you know, get like 20% off sort of thing. And so it's a really cool win-win in that way. And I think it also respects the sacred space without feeling commercial. Mm-hmm. 
And for those listeners who don't know, I mean, you can just download the app and it literally will point you to the places you need to go if you wanted to do the AR. But if you're just walking down the street in Second Ward and you see those little green footprints, that's yeah. you're in the right spot. And you can just sort of point your UR code at this correlating street sign. I think it's mostly Brevard Street and what else? McDowell? Yes. Yeah, two sites off of McDowell. Yeah, Brevard has most of them. And then um, Second Ward right. High School. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up, man. And break some uh, break some more news, man. What else are you doing? Oh, dude, yeah. I, I mean, we got some cool stuff. You know what? what I guess I could break some bad news, too. Uh, we were... We had a really cool thing we were going to drop for Charlotte Shout, like some really oh, cool, like yeah. we're doing a lot of cool stuff with like projection as mm-hmm. well. So I think that, that's one of the fun things about Potions and Pixels is we can kind of just experiment and try different things. Yeah, I've, I'm really gl- glad that you guys are taking advantage of or, or really implementing AR because I thought I thought after that Pokemon game came out, I was like, yeah, I never played it, but I just saw the potential and I was like, I'm going to wait for this. Something cool is going to yeah, come out right? of this. And like nothing did. No one really did it. Oh. Uh, Pokemon did it. No, exactly. But I thought that some folks were going to follow their lead. And it was just like, I'll wait till something that I'm really interested happens here. But uh, it's awesome to see yeah. you guys are taking advantage of that technology. I want to stop calling that. it AR because I just keep thinking about the guns. guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of potential there for sure. There's a lot of potential with a lot of this technology. And I think like we could do some really cool stuff. And I think projection is an area that we haven't quite seen much, but we're doing cool stuff where we'll be like augmenting murals and, and like doing like interactive installations to where you can like play with like sound and see it projected or play off of your phone. So I think there's, uh, there's so many like cool opportunities, I think to do like really, there's just a lot of cool opportunities, yeah. honestly. Yeah, and that's what we're super Southern Tiger about. Collective does a lot of those projections on murals. And yeah. Stuff right, like that. yeah. And, and no shout out to them. They're assholes. They want to talk <laughs> shit, fuck them, but they do that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is. yeah. It, uh, yeah those, those murals, uh, moving murals sort of projection things are yeah that align with sound yeah. and stuff yeah. so we were going to do something really cool like with um at Charlotte Shout with the city brought us in for that and actually Lowe's was going to Lowe's committed to help for that and we'll, we'll still do it so but I, I would have loved to tell you guys about yeah like you know because it's you know Charlotte Shout was supposed to just be a few weeks away right, and exactly. it's a, and I, I obviously I understand why it had to be what it is but mm-hmm. Getting back on the activist side of things, Justin's yeah. been working on a story here this week, and it looks like it passed through the state Senate today. Is it Senate bill 805 or House bill? No, it's a House bill. Yeah. And it's not like I'm working on anything like wildly investigative. It's just an <laughs> explainer. Right. But yeah, so Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, who never sponsors bills, it's just not something that speakers do because they have so much power over the agenda of the uh, legislation already he introduced the bill back in may like right after the police killing of andrew brown uh in elizabeth city but it wasn't in response to that he had been working on it for a while because he watched the dgx it was really funny listening to him explain what the dgx the dgx is a dollar general express so it's just called dgx (laughs) and it's in downtown raleigh and watching the Senate Rules Committee meeting where he's talking about that, he's like, I don't know why they call it DGX. I think it's because it's in downtown and it's, so it's got to be fancy or, <laughs> or something. It's like, it's just a fucking Dollar General. It's, yeah. that's, it's shortened. But he, he couldn't comprehend that. But he was there uh, in downtown while there were some riots going on and this dude tried to burn it down. Or, I mean, I don't know what his intentions were, but he set a fire inside, mm. multiple fires inside of multiple businesses. So they started working on this bill that would in, introduce higher felony penalties for a lot of, actually the charges specifically are from North Carolina General Statutes uh, 14-288.2, 0.6, and 0.9, 
which all have to do with rioting, inciting a riot, looting, trespassing during emergency and assaulting emergency personnel or technically government officials. And so it, it's basically a deterrence. The, the short name of the bill is called Prevent Rioting and Civil Disorder, except that rioting and protesting go hand in hand because a riot is just three people doing mm. something so every protest is a riot under, right. under subjective to them yeah that's the problem under under the way that the north carolina law is written every single protest is a riot and i don't like calling them riots everybody that comes up to me they're like oh i watched every video that you took during the riots last year and i was like yeah there were a lot of protests that went right. on that i filmed like that's what well they weren't fucking right but essentially they just raise every felony that you could have already been charged with up a level making them really intense the worst part about it so None of those, like you actually have to be charged with rioting, inciting a riot, looting, or trespass during an emergency to be charged with these felonies. Mm -hmm. The last time that somebody was charged with rioting in Charlotte was in 2016, and there were only two people that were charged with rioting or inciting a riot or looting. That CMPD wasn't super specific. They just said two. But so essentially what would happen to them is they're not able to go in front of a magistrate when they get arrested for pretrial release. And this was like the biggest part of it is they changed the pretrial release to be treated like domestic violence, gang activity, capital charges. I, th I think you can do other things that are capital other than murder, but I, I don't know. So they're treating them like these wildly egregious, hmm. like uh, detrimental to society crimes. Doesn't capital uh, mean you can be put to death for it? I yeah, think. I think so. Yeah. yeah. But the pretrial release terms for those things means that you have to wait to see a district court judge. So they can't hold you for more than 48 hours, but they can hold you up to 48 hours to where you go see a judge like that. So those things specifically wouldn't affect anybody in Charlotte, but where they really got everybody was they upped the felony class from an A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, from an I to an A. <laughs> From an I to an H, mm. if you assault emergency personnel, first responder, or government employee. Now, plenty of people get charged with that in Charlotte, but the what they did was they removed words that says anyone who assaults emergency personnel causing physical injury, they got rid of causing physical injury. So anyone who assaults emergency personnel is guilty of, which means that anytime you step on a cop's foot, or brush up against somebody's shoulder. How many times do we see somebody get arrested for assault who's oh, literally yeah. standing there doing well, nothing? Just that subjectivity piece. That's yeah, the part that's, that's like the, scary. I remember yeah. like, I don't know, you guys you guys watch The Wire. I'm a huge oh, yeah. Wire fan. Like no, I, Grey's Anatomy. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's that like there's like a scene where like McNulty talks about like how uh, like a police officer is almost like the closest thing to a dictatorship, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And you know, I I I feel like I have really nuanced feelings about it. Like a lot of a lot of folks in the activist community, you know, have mm -hmm. like just completely get rid of police. And I, I, I don't feel the same necessarily, you know, but I also have been, yeah, arrested multiple times, dealt with these things. Like this really reminds me of the extraordinary event ordinance mm -hmm. where it was very subjective, where it allowed. And thankfully through activism, we got rid of that. Right. That was actually one of my first activist arrest. And I, I guess I should clarify, I have, I have no arrest outside of activism, <laughs> just to be clear on here. But I, I, we were talking about that at a city council meeting where they were voting to pass this, this, this ordinance that would allow the city manager, who's an unelected official, to declare extraordinary events, like the, the time, duration, the location, down, yeah. and like decide what people could and couldn't carry into it. And so, of course, your average person who's going through life and isn't necessarily thinking about things or maybe doesn't have the luxury to spend time on it, is it really that concerned? 
And then you see kids on TV, TV and think these are, you know, these radical activists and, and just mm -hmm. to throw, assume beliefs onto them. But, you know, there was, a, it was a really broad coalition of people kind of on all sides of the spectrum who were like, this is not good. Right. And I, there will be consequences like for also, us, like as also, a community. It also allows for the targeting of activist leaders for like yourself sure. in the, back in the day, not to say that you're not, but you yeah, know what I mean? Cause sure. I remember 2016, Oliver Marino, Marino, is it Marino? Shit. Sorry, Oliver, if he's listening yeah. from DC, but he uh, was pushed off of uh, the sidewalk and, you know, this was one of those just coming right out of Marshall Park and the police just decided that day, you guys are staying on the fucking sidewalk today. Yeah. And he got pushed off the sidewalk and the police officer tried to push him back on and it was just sort of like a raise your, raise your arm a little bit in defense of yourself and it was assault on a police officer like that. And it just allows people, they knew who Oliver was and that's why it, it happened that way. It yeah. allows people to use these in these tense moments laws. you know in these tense mm -hmm. moments because yeah again i'm not going to deny the fact that even there there are times where protesters have been antagonistic mm -hmm. i've seen that as well you know what i mean and i've seen a lot of good police officers out there but it's also just the circumstances when tensions are already high and you allow people to make these subjective choices and mm -hmm. unfortunately i've seen a lot of behavior mm -hmm. on police officers' parts that has just been morally, right. <laughs> ethically, yep. very troubling. 100%. And uh, a lot of things weren't done. And, you know, I used to be vice president here at the ACLU and Mike was really involved in a lot of that stuff and keeping track of like what the police were spending money on. And I'm glad that at least we're moving this direction because I got to say like back in like 2011, 2012, that was lonely as hell. Mm -hmm. Like when I was at those like subcommittee meetings saying like, you know, filling out those, those, um, uh, what, what's the acronym to, you know, get like public FOIA. Yeah. FOIAs yeah. and like trying to get a hold of like what Charlotte was spending with its share of the, with its $25 million that it got for the, for the DNC funds. Like that was, a, that was lonely. Right. Honestly, I, yeah. I felt like I'm the only one there. At, and, and it's like when you're also, when you're lonely like that, then it's also, you kind of see more French. And I will say that even just talking about this bill, it's all like, it's kind of strange for me because in some ways I feel like we've changed a lot for the better just in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. But then there's these kind of this things. This is a huge step back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So simultaneously they passed Senate Bill 300, which is a criminal justice reform bill. And, you know, speaking with people from the ACLU and watching uh, Angaza Laughing House and Kerwin Pitton talk to the Senate Rules Committee meeting, during the Senate Rules Committee meeting, they were talking about how there are no police reform bills going out at the same time. And the counter argument to that from the governments, from the NCGA side is Senate Bill 300. But the only thing in SB 300 that addresses police accountability is like when Chief Jennings here introduced the duty to intervene policy, that was by department across the mm -hmm. state. Well, now it's a state law that every officer is required a duty to intervene. That's it. That's mm -hmm. the only thing. Right. So that's now, included in 805? That's or included that's in separate, 300. Oh, 300. That's a completely other one separate bill. From the same week, yeah. yeah. Now, 805 is, is strictly around punishment. Protest. Yeah, anti... Yeah. And fucking... Yeah, so... Mm -hmm. And I've been waiting to get CMPD's response on this because their attorney gives marching orders before they go out to civil instances like that because they try and identify what they can charge people for, like what they can actually pursue in prosecution. So that's why they don't charge people with rioting because being able to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt is a lot more different than failure to disperse, resist public officer, 
uh, assault on a government official because every charge that you see is the same. And that's why I'm concerned about if the governor is actually going to veto it or not, because there are parts of this bill that fixed the old rules. So mm -hmm. like you can't just be arrested for having a firearm at a protest anymore. You have to actually be brandishing it. Mm -hmm. So, and that's not to say like, woohoo, you know, but like there, there are bits and pieces of that where they went back and forth and made amendments to it that got passed that were just like, you know, they fixed this up a little bit, fucked this up a lot. Yeah. So. That's the story of so many bills. And I don't think I quite realized that till like while I was working at Greenpeace going up and talking to so many senators and representatives about like energy policy and exploring that is like you quickly realize that there are some incredibly bright people up there and then there are some incredibly incompetent people <laughs> up there, shockingly so. Mm -hmm. And I say that as somebody who respects anybody who is willing to take the time to run for public office, because it's not easy. It's right. not something, you know, I ran before. Like, it's it's not easy. It's not necessarily glamorous. But, and, and also to your point, I think some of it isn't even, some of it's surely intentional. And some of it is just not even following through on thinking of the long-term consequences. Mm -hmm. Because it's also like the legislature just passes it and it's like, oh, okay, well, the courts and everybody else will decide. And you know what I mean? If we if we screw up, we screw up. Nobody's going to like really hold me responsible. And because an election is just me against one other guy and I'm probably in a gerrymandered district anyway, right. none of these issues will ever be brought up in any sort of meaningful way. And so that part kind of shields them from the 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 need to be do that much do their due diligence mm -hmm. right and i get that they have a ton you know there's hundreds of bills thousands that they oh, go through yeah. but oh my just, god so many every day and it's yeah. also the yeah. the uh, what's the word the frustrating manner similar to like hp2 where the city starts to do things and this is not the same as that anyway because we're doing the city is passing some police reform change and this is an anti-protester bill it's not the same but then you see like the state react as the Republican led legislator. And it's just sort of like taking those steps backwards when we're trying to do something separately in a city. It's just frustrating to watch. Yeah. There's, do you, I was just going to say, there's a lot of irony in, in that. I, I just feel constantly, you know, where it's like a lot of these people you're talking about, you know, decry federal government intervening right, exactly. at the state level mm -hmm. and, and are all too uh, eager to intervene when people at the local level. Yeah, they talk about states' rights. And yeah. apparently they mean states' rights, not only to stay away from being ruled by the oppressive federal government, but also to be oppressive to the municipal government. Yeah. And I'm glad that we sort of ended on this because I wanted to end with asking you, man, all right, do you have any of those, do you still have any of those wishes to get back into that, into running for public oh, office? Oh, man. Because <laughs> I get a feeling I'm flattered. Like you might have been a little bit ahead of your time because not long after you ran for council is when we sort of saw that that young wave, the, the millennials who all won. Uh, Run for the mayor's seat so I don't ever have to fucking see her in one of those stupid <laughs> hoodies ever again. <laughs> I, I think I was actually maybe the first like millennial to give a serious. I'm, yeah. I, I, I actually am quite positive that was the case. And, you know, that was, I'm glad it's changed mm -hmm. in, in so many ways to where it's it's much more, more people our age, like mm -hmm. consider it. Because again, that was like a lonely run. And yeah. just to give some background Everybody, on nobody it. Nobody took you seriously. And I was sitting there watching you in town halls 
sort of drag these people in in your wealth of knowledge yeah but it was still sort of like he's the occupy guy yeah and that, that's that was the difficult part because like i'd like to think i know what the hell i'm talking yeah. about you know what i mean and like and and when i ran so so just to add a little background that you that you know i'm the the first and only person to ever get on the ballot as an unaffiliated candidate in charlotte history which oh, wow. even that alone i think is telling of the environment that we have here in Charlotte and in North Carolina, where there are so many restrictions and some of them have been eased over the last few years. But just to put things in perspective, you know, we have seven districts, right? We have 11 um, city council members, but seven of them come from districts. Only one district has flipped party control in the history of our city. So districts one through four have only elected Democrats, six and seven, only Republicans. District five was Republican until 99. That's East Charlotte, Eastland Mall area and Matt Newton's district. And then in 99, it switched to being a a democratically held seat. And so I knew from the get go, I'm obsessed with stats as, you know, me Mm -hmm. reciting this is probably clear. I knew from the get go that I had... I was not going to probably be able to win. Also, that was the very last year of straight party voting, which is something that I am glad we got rid of, mm-hmm. where you could just literally not look just at the ballot the and just check button. Republican or Democrat. Yeah. And so I found out like just the, the amount of people that did that was enough to surpass. And I, I still think to this day, I hold the record for the best second place showing of anybody at a district level in like 19, 20 years. Uh, district four, wow. university area I ran for. And I was really happy with the run, but I got to tell you, like I did, I feel like it took me months to get to the starting line simply because I, I was unaffiliated. Like, how is that possibly fair that somebody can just declare? I mean, you guys know there's some people who are some, we have got some wild candidates right. over the years, some mm-hmm. really wild, you know, candidates that have just said, I'm a Republican or Democrat, automatic ballot access. Mm-hmm. And because I say I don't want to run in association with either of two those two parties, which I don't feel I don't affiliate with, mm-hmm. then I had to collect thousands of signatures, thousands. I remember Rhiannon doing a story about that. Yeah, it, uh, like such an astronomical like number when you consider all of them. Like, if, for example, if you were, I remember the year I was running. If I would have ran for at large seat, it would, would have been over twenty seven thousand valid signatures, which is right. more than if That's I was crazy. running for president in the majority of the United States. Each state's like most states have like a ten thousand. Right. signature and you got you're telling me i have to run for like twenty seven thousand just one district yeah, it's crazy yeah. and so it's like it's insane to like have to collect and get them validated and it was really i tell you i never lost so much weight so fast in my life so <laughs> i could seen. write a book yeah. about that but you know we literally knocked on every door in district four every door in district four mm-hmm. and so i'm really happy we actually won about my parents uh, uh, probably <laughs> would it? oh i guess i don't know if you want to say it on, on, on uh, I, live, I live in the north lake area okay it's university yep. Four. Yep. hold on i get yep. the address yeah <laughs> <laughs> docs them right here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we we had such a it, it was a lot of it was a great experience but just to tell you like a couple things that made it like wild to me, this was 2013. Here's something that makes me sad. The amount of people that asked me about things that had nothing to do with the city council. Oh, right. Yeah. So people would see thing. like that I talked about me being a former teacher mm-hmm. and they would say, well, I don't see anything on your platform platform that has anything to do with like education. And I was explaining, well, you know, that's the purview of the school county board funded the school by board. the county. Yeah. And, and I would get questions like that all the time. I got so many questions about same-sex marriage and abortion. Mm. <laughs> so many. Yeah. And so you get all that stuff. And also I was pushing the envelope. One of the reasons I ran was because I was so tired of people not having a platform. I think you can still find it. I don't think the website's up. You can, st- you can still find my platform. And I was told like I was the first person, for example, to openly, to openly advocate for 
transgender rights and the HB and the uh, sorry the the, 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 the laws that were passed at the yeah, local yeah. level. You know, I was told back I got endorsed by MECPAC and others who told me I was like the first to like actually put that on like literature and like you know talk about we can't we can't legalize marijuana at the local level, we can't decriminalize, but we can deprioritize enforcement. So I was very nuanced on what we could do, and I think that's also a little disheartening that you know you put so much work into this platform and a lot of people just will right, be like. You know. Yeah, like, right, you like even the observer, which I got a lot of love for the observer, you know, they like looked at that one thing and said, oh, he wants to deprioritize marijuana enforcement. They looked at how young I was. I hadn't even smoked marijuana at that point, honestly. And so it's just like, it's hilarious to me that they were like, that's his agenda. And I'm like, that is not, that's like literally one line out of like a 50 piece platform. But so I feel like I got some hits along the way and that's part of like the generational shift in control. So it sounds like the answer is yes. <laughs> I appreciate the deprioritization yeah. of enforcement stuff because I yeah. got I got busted rolling a joint just a couple weeks ago by yeah. the damn police and they took my whole they took all my weed. <laughs> they took a whole quarter from me while I was damn, at work. Damn dude. And they were like, we're not going to charge still take you. It. Yeah. Well, not like, under a Zhitkov administration, <laughs> I promise you. And I was like, will you please, can I keep it if you're not going to charge me? What's the fucking point? That sucks. So you're yeah. filing for mayor. Yeah, I'm, exactly. Got a new hoodie line releasing <laughs> tomorrow. No, I, I, you know, I'm never going to say never, but I, I will say that it's You've got like. you a lot on your plate. Uh, yeah. And it's one of those things where I have like mutual, like I, even the city council, just in any, any elected official, it's like I simultaneously like feel for them, like have some empathy towards them, but then also like I'm very critical. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like having both at the same Absolutely, time. For sure. Yeah. All right, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Dude, thank I you like guys. how 704 shop is just going to continue to sell the same exact kind of clothes yeah, they did, but now they're just run by the city, I guess. It's just a, Not new, run by, it's just a new website. They've already had that partnership with the city. Well, they made a whole new website. Yes. Uh, Actually, yeah, I didn't look at like, it's like, I guess it's an official like agreement, right? They did the hoodie thing kind of as like a thing to announce today that they're partnering with the city like they already weren't. Yeah, they're (laughs) launching the crown shop, which is, yeah, they've already had exclusive partnership since 2017. Now they're going to have the crown shop where you can get stuff that's only the crown, but it's just the same. I thought you already could, though. Which is, they had the rights to that. But then you would have to sift through all their other seven <laughs> Which is wild because like this, the former city attorney, which is actually a friend of mine, like sent Occupy, uh, like all of us, like a cease and desist letter about using, you know, he did it on behalf the of the city, the oh, crown. Right, right, yeah. And like, the, I think the city used to be a lot more hardcore in enforcing yeah. that. Yeah, because I remember we were thinking about putting it on something and nothing happened. But, yeah. Well, let's not even mention it. Yeah, we brought we a lawyer it. in and yeah. like we quickly got, we defended it and it was fine. But yeah. All right, cool, man. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and Dude, sharing you some guys. new news with us and For everything. Sure. I'm looking forward to checking out everything that you're talking about. But uh, that trail, that walking trail, is it going to be like a walking trail, greenway system? Yeah, or? it's using kind of like pre-existing structures, okay. but it'll be like, it'll be made in such a way where you feel, yeah, you know, like it's its own thing. Doing. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Michael. And yeah. uh now I don't even want to say your last thing because I've been saying it for 12 years, but <laughs> yeah. you just said it with such an accent that I'm like, fuck. Zhitkov. Yeah, yes. it's all good. All, all right, good. Man. Well, uh, go to PushingsandPixels.com, check out his work, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, y'all.